Hire me, I'll solve your problems, and then fire me. It's as simple as that. As far as I know, I'm the only fitness consultant in this space not trying to build a business out of gym owner codependence. I don't do long-term contracts. I don't do group calls or give you templated systems that are given to everyone. I don't do masterminds, and I look forward to the day you fire me. See, my superpower is that I am really damn good at coming up with unique solutions to your specific business problems. I engineer the strategy and then empower you to execute it. And I solve these problems in a way that matches the type of business you want to run. I don't try to force you into any specific model. I consult with up to 30 gyms per month. When I hit that number, I don't take on anyone else until one of my clients fires me, freeing up the next spot a moment that I proudly look forward to every damn time. Because my goal is to provide solutions to your problems while simultaneously educating you so that you'll be able to run your gym independently. So if you're looking for an efficient, bespoke solution that won't try to upsell you or keep you locked into some mentorship program or online courses, then shoot me a DM on Instagram at WTF Gym Talk. Let me know what problems you're trying to solve and I'll let you know if I'm your guy. All right, thanks for listening. Let's get on with the podcast. What is up, guys? It's Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. For any of you that believe that you want to create a replica, your exit from your single location micro gym is that you want to create a replication model, right? There's four common exits in this industry. Most small businesses could also relate to this, but speaking to you guys, the fitness industry, you sell it, you become a shareholder in it, meaning you make, you back down as the CEO, you go off and do other things, you stay on, you know, quote unquote, the board, right? You're an advisor to it, you have, a, you have someone in the CEO, you're still the founder and the owner, but you collect passive income on it because you've developed a rock star team, right? So that's like you become a shareholder. Then there is the replication model, you license it or franchise it, and now you're in the B2B world, you're selling you know, your business concept to other business owners who want to run it. And then there's unfortunately the, the worst one, which is like liquidation. It, you didn't make it, it didn't work out. You couldn't sell it because the business wasn't worth anything and you liquidate all your assets and you're out, which is where most small business owners in the fitness industry end up. Now, on that replic replication piece, because I will, you know, when I take these calls and I, I, I do consulting with gym owners of all, you know, micro gyms, uh, whether it be a health club, private training studios, whatever it is, most of you seek for replication. And I, I believe we're all kind of rooted in this place of like, well, success means I've done it multiple times. And I would, I would argue against that. I, I don't think, I think, yes, it can, but it's not an if then statement. When you are sitting there and you're thinking of replicating your model, I want you to I want you to think like this. If you were going to franchise it, right? If you were going to become a franchisor, right? The franchisor is the person who created the franchise. The franchisee is the person who pays the fee to use the blueprints and the systems and the brand and all those things. If you were in the, and I know this is like, you can use licensor and licensee if you're planning on going that route too. But if you are going to be the franchisor or the licensor of your thing, you need to think about two things very, very specifically. Who are you going after 
to license or franchise your thing? Who is your avatar customer in the B2B world? Number two is going to be, is this truly replicatable? Remember I said, you know, there was, you sell it, you replicate it, you, or, sorry, you sell it, you become a shareholder, or you replicate it, or you liquidate it. So replicate, can you actually replicate it? And if you have not tested the strength of your ability to replicate, you will never, you'll never succeed without ethically lying and being a piece of shit. You'll never sell this to anybody. Anybody with any fucking common sense will see through, yeah, this actually is not replicatable. There's the, the, this, the proper systems are not installed here. So let's go ahead and go back to the first thing. Who is your avatar B2B customer? When you're thinking of replicating, you have to realize I'm selling now, I've got a B2C avatar, right? I know who my, my member, my client avatar is in my gyms, but I don't know who the B2B is. And that's really hard. I mean, it's one of the first questions I ask on these calls. And the owner is generally like, um, well, it's, you know, it's, it's gym owners who have done really well and they've got extra money and they want to stay in the industry, but they don't want to, you know, they realize their first location was they got lucky on and, but they want to stay in the industry. And, you know, I've heard you talk about how people should diversify their fitness portfolio, Stu, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm like, cool. So even there, we have to boil that down even further. There are franchise groups that their number one target, their customer are, and when I say fr there's franchisors, right? The, the head of the franchise, the person who created it, that they target multi-ownership franchise groups. Meaning there are groups out there that own, you know, they own 15 Quiznos or, you know, Papa John's and they own a couple Planet Fitnesses and a few, like they, they massage envies. Like that's what they do. They are a holdings company for multiple different franchises. The reason there are some brands, the big brands go after those, the big franchise brands go after those B2B avatars is because A, that's the industry they're in. They, their entire world revolves around finding successful franchises and becoming a franchisee and having multiple locations. So they already know, okay, boom, we find a handful of these guys and they're gonna buy a 10 pack of units or they're gonna buy you know six units in Dallas or whatever it may be. It's also because you have a lot of faith in their ability to run your franchise successfully. They've already shown that they're industry agnostic. They can do you know, uh, you know, a quick service restaurant or a fast food chain. They can do in-person services if maybe they've done a massage envy. They can do, you know, if they've done Planet Fitness, if they've done whatever the hell it may be. They've already shown that they can do it, so you feel confident. Well, if they can run with multiple different playbooks, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to run with our playbook, and our franchise should make them money. And that's that's the goal as a franchisor, to be in a, a uh, what do I want to call this? A uh, bi-levels, bi-success? No, dual success. <laughs> Do you want to be in a dual success arrangement where your their success is your success? If they're not successful, you're not going to be making your royalties. You're not going to be making your franchise fees. You're there if they go out of business, then that that hurts you in the brand. So that's the kind of situation you ideally want to be in. So that could be a avatar group that you go after. For most of the small business owners that I work with, that are just hey, I've got one location or two locations. I want to franchise this thing. 
you know, realistically with all the other franchise groups out there and with all the experience they have and all the resources, you're not a likely candidate. I always point back to the origin story of Metabolic. Metabolic, without any franchise investment, without any franchise group, just the two founders, Brandon and Kirk, they franchised on their own 11 locations in 10 states by 2019, and they started in 2011. That is eight years to grow to 11 locations in 10 states. That is incredibly slow franchise growth when you compare it to the other big players, but they were not big players. They were you guys. They were small business mom and pop. They had one location in Charlotte and then two locations in Charlotte. And then they franchised, you know, I think it was Charlottesville, West Virginia was maybe was their first one or ups in Canada. Like it was a slow, slow grow. But 11 locations, 10 states. Next thing you know, 2019, Z Growth comes in, you know, uh, which is a franchise accelerator. And they come in and now there's, you know, they have 100 signed locations, 70 in development, 30 or more are open. But what they did is they recognized who is our ideal avatar customer for those first ones. And it's the same one I think that's going to be for most of you. You I need to think about identifying either members of your brand, B2C members, like B2C customers, the actual customers of your fitness thing that have money and chops and want and, and uh, are either entrepreneurs themselves or entrepreneurial and want to get in and like have see the opportunity they want to become one. That's obviously like the first, the closest. There's obviously employees is number two. or You could put them number one if you want, you know, either way. But it's going to come originally from that first ecosystem. But a lot of you guys that want to replicate, you potentially have the ability to find another small business gym owner in the market that is done very well with their location and is not thinking of replicating. There are a lot of gym owners out there that just have the one. And they're like... I've done this really well. I do realize I got here early or I jumped on this trend early or I just did it better when I was younger and had more energy and time. And I just, you know, I, I hit the pavement running while my legs were still fast. Now I've, I've been doing this for a little while. I'm, I'm, you know, I got, I, my life is different now. Kids, family, the whole thing. I want to keep growing. I want to keep, I want to double my revenue, you know, my take home income. I want to do this, but I'm not opening up any more stores of my own that person might be interested in franchising if they believe the concept could win in the market they're looking at and then go to the second thing I said you've actually created something replicatable right can you repeat this exactly the way it was done and this is where we open up location one as a small business owner in the fitness industry not thinking about replication we're just like fuck I have a dream I'm going for it whatever and that's fine However, when you do realize you want to do this, you have to look at your thing. And let's say uh, <laughs> I had one guy, we got on a call, and his building, I swear to God, I, there's no other word to sh- describe the way this building was laid out except for a Z. I kid you not, it looks like a, it looks like a, a weird Z, but like it had a front section, the thing at the top of the Z, right? It was like you know, 14, 15 feet wide by like 25 or 30 feet long. And then it kicked down at kind of an angle into this other big rectangle. And then it split off. It was just this fucked up, fucked up shape. 
And he's talking about like, man, I fucked up, Stu. I, you know, I, I'm successful in this location, you know, blah, blah, blah. But none of my, all my systems are so fucking kind of crazy. And the way we run classes is so, so unique because I'm in this fucking Z of a building, right? Like, and I know like if I want to replicate this, that, you know, I don't have exactly the blueprint to run this thing successfully. You know, like I don't have the, I'm not going to find a Z building. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you say the Z made it harder or easier? He's like, oh, way harder. I'm like, then cool. So you're saying if you had a rectangle or a square, you could probably do this better and faster. Oh, definitely. I'm like, I don't know, man. It sounds kind of, you know, call me crazy. It sounds kind of like you're an ideal situation to replicate your thing. You made it successful with the most shit facility layout I've ever seen. It's the most fucked up looking building I've ever seen in my life. And you made it work there. If you can reimagine those systems in a square or rectangle, then I think you may have a shot. But because, you know, some of us get in this position where we open up location one and successful, and in this guy's situation, he did, he worked really, he didn't have a lot of resources, so he's very resourceful. Is he, If he goes to replicate it, he will have more resources, you know, squares or rectangles instead of fucked up Z's shaped buildings. And, you know, he's learned a lot, he'll be whatever. But for some of you guys, you grew, you popped, you, you made it. You're like, holy fuck, I cannot believe we're doing this well. Like, is business really that easy? And then you start thinking about, okay, like, how do we get here? Like, if I literally have to write down, not system one, but system whatever, seven, whatever you're on now, whatever's created the success, and then can I encapsulate that? It needs to be written down. It needs to be done in video form. It needs to have diagrams and flow charts and workflow. It needs to have frequently asked questions. It needs to have training manuals. It needs to have training videos. It, like, you don't understand how much work goes into this. I mean, I'm talking everything from the, like, for everything from the fucking music all the way down to the, you know, the branding guidelines, client experience guidelines, front desk operations, everything. You got, I mean, you guys get the idea when it comes to franchising how in detail this has to be. And even like the people who have franchised the metabolic, uh, you know, that is that are listening to this or any other franchise, you understand like, fuck, this massive ass playbook from start to finish is why I pay this money. You're also paying because you're about, you know, you're on the precipice. It's not quite there yet, but you're on the precipice of having a national brand, a national brand. Um, that's why any of the people who do, you know, I've, I've spoken, I've been had the privilege to be asked to speak at the last two metabolic franchise conferences. Um, and I, everyone I talked to there, I let them know, I said, I, I know you're signed on with the franchise and you still feel like, yeah, it's still like, not everybody knows who we are. And I think it's because people compare themselves. Like everyone knows F45, everyone knows orange theory. Well, those are truly national level, high scale things that I keep telling the metabolic franchisees. I'm like, listen, number one, be grateful as fuck. There aren't 600 of you. Cause then you'd be looking, staring down the barrel of a F45 situation, right? Way too fast to growth, shitty quality, no oversight, stepping on each other's dicks and territories, all that. But then also, you know, if bro, if you can, you know, if you can hang in there, this thing is about to go national. It's about to, you know, you're about to, people are going to know the brand name here at a, in a very short amount of time, very short. 
And you will have that that brand awareness effect where it just starts rippling. And be like, oh, fuck, yeah, Metabolic, my cousin in San Diego does that. I'm going to go check that out. Again, any of you guys want to talk about a Metabolic franchise, you know, go ahead, shoot me a message, hit me up, you know, and uh, more than happy to share numbers, information, all that stuff with you. And then I'll do an introduction to the franchise team if it's a good fit. But anyway, um, this is where we kind of like, again, just kind of going back to you got to set, you got to have this thing be replicatable. It's not going to happen right away, but it's something you got to be building. So as you build out a system, you document it. And if you change it, you just make the changes to the system. The problem where I think most of you guys feel like it's daunting, like, well, I've never recorded, I've never written anything down. We just do things. And I don't document them. I don't have, I don't, you know, it's like making a really good meal, but like, you're like, yeah, I lost the recipe. I'll just, I don't know, try to make it better the, the same way next time. That won't cut it, homie. You have to make sure this thing can actually be replicated. And it's only by going through that process as you, as you start creating the systems where you start thinking in situations where it doesn't work. Here's a great example. Gym owner comes to me. He has a, uh, it was a former CrossFit. He de-affiliated in 2020, like everyone else who got, you know, sensitive to the, the Greg Glassman Floyd 19 quote, um, which I, I still don't understand why that was such a big issue. Um, anyway, with all that being said, they, <laughs> they have a model that they've done really well with. The, the rebranding thing is relatively new. They just did it, you know, toward, you know, whatever that was, June or July of 2020. So it's not even been three years. Yeah, I guess now it's been three years, maybe going on three years. And um, yeah, they want a franchise. Cool. Great. Grand. Awesome. Let's uh, let's talk about it. Go ahead. I start looking at the opportunities and the vulnerabilities. And uh, the first thing I, I looked at, we ended up getting to like their their unique belief in fitness which was still CrossFit. I'm like, okay, so that that's that's the first one. We don't, you never really, you're still doing CrossFit, you just don't call it CrossFit. And then we're looking at something else and um, I, I started seeing some of the workouts. And we I don't look at the programming necessarily, like at that fine level, we're gonna talk about the UBF, but it, the programming has nothing to do with that. I don't need to look at your actual workouts. But I happen to be looking at an image of the interior of the gym. And I saw the workout of the day, which they still used WAD, by the way, right? Very, very unique branding of you. Um, and, I, and I'm not being, I'm not like talking behind their back. I literally said that to their face. Uh, and I saw a run 600 meters. But I also knew in their equipment inventory, because I did look at that, there were no runners. Like, oh yeah, we run outside. And then inside, and I just said, say that one more time. We run outside. And I, I paused just like this. Just like I'm giving you guys dead air. I'm like, say it again. We run outside. What, Stu, what's the big deal? We run outside. Because it gets too cold here in Buffalo, and we run out. Oh, fuck. And as or it gets too cold here in, uh, where was it fucking at? Sarasota? Fuck, it was somewhere in Florida. And we, you know, whatever. We run out, and they pause. I'm like, yeah. Now say that again, and say, oh, in Buffalo, in Michigan, in Ohio, in Wisconsin. No, you can't run outside. You're sitting here think, telling me, you know, convincing me you have a, a, you know, a replicatable model and literally the most basic version of it isn't replicatable. You run outside. Now there's an easy fix to this. They're like, Oh, it's fine. We'll just get runners. I'm like, yeah. But one of the things that was impressive about your model is that in 30, you know, 900 square feet, you could fit in this many people. And now you add in the runners, you just change the op cap. Now you actually have to do that. You actually now have to stop running outside. 
You have to go buy runners because you know it's not scalable. You have to go buy runners, bring them in, see how that adjusts your op cap. Well, does it increase the amount of people you can see? Probably decrease it because the floor space is gone. Also increases the overhead of the startup cost. Like we just got to run. We, now we have to adjust for this. Do you see? This is why you got on the call, right? You need someone to poke holes in this shit. And this was a very easy one that you probably could have poked yourself. Can I also say one thing on the gym real estate side with this? Running outside and around is something landlords are nipping in the ass left and right. I've got a, um, we got a deal on the table and I knew this was going to be an issue. So I tried to get us like really far down the, the field with this landlord, hoping that like the, you know, he would see the dollar signs in my client's lease and like the opportunity and he would, you know, we'd be able to kind of sweep this running outside thing out the window. But I prefaced it with the client. I said, hey, I'm seeing more and more landlords be like, absolutely fucking not. Keep your goddamn shirts on and stop running outside in my parking lot and my sidewalks, especially like shopping plazas or nice spaces. If it's a standalone building in the middle of nowhere, you know, on an island, that's fine. You know, but it's it's these other, it's like even a business plaza, like the business industrial scene. I've got a podcast coming out on this where... Uh, industrial business complexes and uh, areas like that where they're flex. It's office in the front, warehouse in the back. They're also having like a zero tolerance policy more and more on this whole running outdoors thing. And Jim was like, well, I don't get it. Why? Why can't it be like it was in 2006? Because fuck face, you don't lease that space. That sidewalk, the back of that alley, that's not yours. Because and the landlord doesn't want your fucking sweaty ass fucking members shirtless running around, you know, with med balls on their shoulders looking like they're gonna die. It's just not a good look, homie. Um, anyway, guys, just let's summarize this. I know this kind of went a little bit all over the place. You can blame the traffic keeping me in my car longer for this one. If you want to replicate your thing, realize you have to go B2B. You're no longer B2C, which changes your entire mindset. Even if you're in a, even you're a monster and you killed it in your gym, you've only killed it B2C. You have zero B2B chops. You don't understand B2B. It's, I know you're like, well, just one letter different. No, fucker. It's a lot different. It is your entire, you, if you've never been in B2B, you don't get it. I promise you, there's so much to learn there. But just in one and two of the things you have to dial in who is that B2B avatar? And you have to dial in specific. It's like, well, former gym owner. Like, no, specific. Very, very specific. Okay? Number two, is the thing actually repeatable? And repeatable in the sense that it is, I can follow the book, the videos, the trainings, the modules, the flowcharts, and it's all there. And if it's not, then we were probably having a different conversation, right? We're probably having a, how do I become repeatable, right? Like, well, let's document it and then poke the holes in it. It was a really good process. Like, um, Trainual is a great, by the way, looking for some products to help you out with this. Trainual is a great one um, to go look at. That allow, it's like, it's essentially a SaaS product you pay for that kind of takes you step-by-step train making systems for your thing. Highly recommend looking into Trainual, T R A N T R A I N U A L. <clears throat> I don't need an affiliate link or any of that kind of bullshit. I just yeah, I've 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 had clients use it. I've seen it. I've used the trial version myself. It's pretty dope. Um, but guys, that's it. That's all I wanted to kind of wrap on. 
car ride's almost over. So until I talk to you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.